This podcast is brought to you by JC Licht. With a heritage of 115 years of making it happen, JC Licht is your one-stop shop to turn your house into your dream home, delivering the ultimate decorating experience with the world's highest quality paints from Benjamin Moore, Pharaoh and Ball, and fine paints of Europe, just to name a few. Bring new life to your home with custom home decor, wallpaper, window treatments, and more all under one roof. Visit one of JC Lick's 19 design centers, which features the largest selection of wallpaper, paint, and decor throughout the Chicagoland area. JC Licht, where designers go to make it happen. Welcome everyone to Design District, an interior design podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, with the River North Design District, Chicago's ultimate destination for interior design. And today we're at Altalia Furniture's beautiful downtown Chicago showroom. And we're talking all about space planning. Our special guests today are Stacy Munich, Principal and Lead Designer at Stacy Munich Interiors, Johnny Ricardo, Sales and Design Consultant at Altalia Furniture, and Janet Schiff at Blutter Schiff Design. Welcome everyone, and thanks for joining us. So great to have you all here on the podcast. Um, I think, you know, let's kind of start off with just introducing yourselves and letting our listeners know a little bit about yourselves and, you know, your firms, the company, and, and uh, yeah, why don't we start off with, with you, Stacy? Thanks for having me. Um, I really appreciate it, Johnny. And also thanks to the River North Design District. Uh, I'm Stacy Munich of Stacy Munich Interiors. We're based in Chicago and Palm Springs, California. We're a boutique interior design firm specializing in high-end residential, hospitality, and some light commercial. Awesome. And how about you, Johnny? Hi, I'm Johnny with Altelia Furniture. I'm the design sales rep here. And uh, we uh, are happy to have you all here with us. Uh, the specialization here at Altalia is mostly contemporary Italian furniture, really um, of the high-end variety. Yeah, awesome. And your, your acoustics here are incredible, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so. so is the space. Yeah, it's awesome. Stunning. And how about you, Janet? So I'm Janet Schiff of Blutter Schiff Designs. Um, we are also a boutique firm. Um, ranging from just any kind of design, whether it's commercial, residential, hospitality. I'm one of a team of four. Uh, I have two. I'm the lead designer, but of course I, my staff leads me. <laughs> so they're, they're really uh, my right arm and my left arm. And then we have an administrator who is unimaginably talented also as a designer. Uh, we're located in the Merchandise Mart, which is a few blocks from here which also gives us a tremendous um, opportunity to be in the know of everything that's coming and going at all times. So we feel very fortunate. And I've been doing this for over 40 years, which I can't believe. But my mother started the firm about 60 years ago, and her name was Joan Blutter, which is part of the Blutter, the Blutter yeah, shift. That's awesome. That's great. Well, thank you all for, for being a part of the podcast. And we're going to start off with just a super, super easy question. Easy thought. How important is space planning? <laughs> so easy, right? Because, um, you know, some would argue it's probably one of the most important parts of the, the uh, design process, right? So how important is space planning, whether we're talking about, you know, residential or commercial, uh, small projects, large projects? Um, yeah. What do, you, what do you think, Stacey? Well, it's extremely important, but for me and my team, it starts with a conversation and it starts with really 
talking to our clients and listening and and trying to understand what's important to them, what they want to achieve, what they want to do in the space, what they want to change in the space. Um, not just about what is going to fit perfectly in the space as far as dimensions, um, but more about that relationship between the people and who are inhabiting that space, whether they're working there or living there or vacationing there. Um, and then, you know, we take it to pen and paper. Right. Yeah, for sure. And how about you, um, Janet? I would imagine that with, you know, all the various projects that y'all, that y'all work on, right. there's a variety of, it's you know. a very, very interesting question because space, you can't, I mean, we all start with a blank page when we meet people. Although there's not a second that I'm not talking to somebody that I'm not reading them and I'm trying to understand what they want. But my favorite, favorite part is space planning um, because I love putting, I, I guess I'm very organized too. I have a very organized side of my brain. Um, and I would say, I can tell you a story which kind of explains a lot about it, but yeah. we've done everything. You know, huge, and the thing about our firm is we do everything from enormous 10,000, 20,000 square foot homes to, you know, one kitchen, one bathroom. Mm -hmm. But my favorite story about space planning is this family estate, you know, these people that I've worked with for years flew me to New York to look at the property. And we walked the space with, it was raining and we put the pegs in and we walked the space and it was a big blank field. And on the plane home, I'll never forget this, it was United Airlines. We were, I was sitting with the client and my, and I'm on a, a napkin that said United and the husband and I are, are <laughs> making the lines. Yeah. Okay. Where do we put the kitchen? Where do we put, I mean, it's so much fun to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of my favorite space planning story because we get to start from the very blank page. Right. And the fact that we, I, and literally the house became very much what that napkin represented. And I still have it in my awesome. most cherished things. And yeah. so I don't want to talk too much about that, but it's something that always has really, you know, been in my mind and it's yeah. very important because, it, you know, that's, you're planning how people want to live. Do you entertain right. a lot? Do you, you know, do you yeah. have a lot of family? Do you have guests? Do you have children, grandchildren? So, so to me, that is the key to yeah. design. It's a, it's all about the vision, right? And, and it's do, and doing it right. Yeah, for sure. It's all, it all, it's always so interesting to me how it can start so simple as, as a sketch, but when you get down to, you know, hitting the road and months down the road, it just, how it materializes into a home or like right. I said, a, 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 you know, a, a large space. Like it's just, it's so, um, well, I just want to say, as Stacy said, which is so true, when you've got this blank napkin or yeah. whatever scratch paper, it's all about the client and what they want. Right. So you really got to be a good listener and create their space. Right. For sure. I, I, agreed. And, and how about you, Johnny? You know, as, as you work with interior designers or just, mm -hmm. you know, the different clientele, what is it? What does it mean to y'all at Altalia for your customers, for your clients? And, and what is that, you know, the, even maybe even the process for y'all? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So... For us, it's, it is a conversation, like everybody's been saying. It's a conversation and listening to the designer. Um, we do a lot of collaboration with designers, um, and uh, it helps us to narrow down the options that way. 
how how big of a sofa do you need? How big? Right. Of, how many people are going to be using the space? Okay, that's a certain sofa size you're going to need. Um, or uh, the dining room, for example, how big does that table need to be? Well, how many people are you going to have over for dinner? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you start with these kinds of simple questions, and it, and it narrows down the scope very quickly. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's it seems that 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 those conversations are so incredibly important, right? With with your different um, clients and, and who you're working with, and so I'm curious, like, what is it like for y'all com- in communicating? You know, the the vision, um, whether it's like like you were saying, Janet, from a, a napkin to using today's high tech, um, you know, graphics, whether it's you know AutoCAD or SketchUp or Revit or even renderings. Like, what is what is that like for y'all? What has it been some of that, that process? I can answer easily because I was born and raised in the Merchandise March Chicago. So, wow. and I'm kind of an old fashioned designer in the sense that I like to walk my clients, even if it's for the first hour, I like to see where their eyes light up right away. You know, you walk through a, a space like that or a showroom like yours. I take them to River North mm-hmm. showrooms all the time. And when their eyes light up, I know they're either going to be contemporary, they're going to be traditional, transitional. (laughs) Um, So to me, that's a great way to start. I don't present a bunch of my ideas. I want to see what lights their fire. Sure. And do you find that, you know, in those situations, the maybe even like the furniture tends to inform what the space could do? For sure. Don't you think, Johnny? Oh, yeah. I do. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And not just that too, but the architecture and, um, right. you know, let that architecture talk to you as well. Um, and let that kind of be your guide. So you complement it. And it doesn't mean you can't have a fantastic juxtaposition between, you know, incredibly gorgeous furniture that's modern and Italian, like here at, you know, it's Altalia in a very old vintage space, but let it relate to each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in response to, you know, your question too, I start by hand. Uh Um, I am self-taught. And so I, I start by hand, like I need to feel it with pencil and paper. So I too am a bit of I guess old-fashioned. However, our my team is very well versed in AutoCAD and SketchUp and Chief Architect, and I guide the process. Um, but we really, you know, it's it's so much feel and it's so much vision and and seeing what is not there and what is possible and having some kind of spatial intelligence. Yeah. Um, which you know, all of us at that table. And in this room have. Yeah. Um, and there's all different kinds of intelligences and, and people can have an idea of what they want, but, you know, might not be able to have that come to fruition. And or they might not be able to express exactly. it. Exactly. That's why I yeah. think it's a that's language. Why visual is so important. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I say to my clients all the time, and it is true, but I'm sure you all agree, there is never one right answer. Mm-hmm. In design, there's no answer. I mean, it's it's your feeling. I mean, and it's what people, you know, what somebody wants, somebody else might not like or somebody else might not want. So it's getting to the fact that your clients are going to love what you do for them. But 
I always believe that the form has to follow the function, and the function is number one. Because uh-huh. if the function doesn't work, no matter what you do for people, it's not going to be right. Yeah. So that's why you kind of want to start with that blank page and set the function first. I always tell people that. Like, yeah. You know, a million questions. You know? Definitely. And what do you like? Do you feel speaking about sort of the function and feeling? Do you find that, um, you know, when you're working on a project, sometimes one supersedes the other? Because I, to me, especially living in Chicago, space can sometimes be limited, right? And so. I've, you know, function is always at the top of your mind, but sometimes like f- the feeling, the emotion, when you fall in love with a piece, right? right, Like that can uh, throw function out the window. Well, that's so. where our talent comes in because we can make it work, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had any of those experiences, Johnny, where you're working with a designer or a client and they have a, a sort of functionality in mind, but what they see, or at least let's say they see a, a furniture piece that they absolutely love, um, but it doesn't necessarily match that function that they're looking for. Like, how do you navigate those conversations and, and those challenges? Yeah, I think that um, goes back down to that conversation again of um, where's the need? Um, sometimes we fall in love with something that we really, we like the way it looks or um, the, um, the, some fancy function it has. Uh, for example, we, we have a client sometimes comes in and says, I really want an extendable table. I really, I need an, it needs to extend. It has to have this cool function. And, and then when we get into a conversation, well, why do you need that? Right. What's, what's the purpose of having an extension? Um, and it turns out maybe that's not as important. Um, and so a fixed table is really what they, what they want and what they need. I have a great yeah. story about that. If you <laughs> yeah. let me Tell share us. it. Yeah. So I have, a, I have certain things. I don't know if they call it. Bluttershift-isms or Janet-isms, but I always start with this because, I mean, here we are sitting at this incredible table. It's not going to expand. And people will say, oh, but I need, you know, I have a family, I need 14, and then I, you know, they come over and I have all these, you know. And So I I will say to them, of 365 days a year, how many times are you really going to need to seat 18 people? (laughs) Right. You know, Thanksgiving, (laughs) Passover, whatever the... And then they look at me and they say, you know what, you're right, maybe 10. And I say, so here's this gorgeous table uh-huh. and you're going to walk by it every day and you're not going to pick what you want because you want to have this huge thing that expands, right. whereas you could have something on a pedestal and you know, that doesn't. So it's, I love that because I always stop people short when I say that 365 thing because yeah. you know, it's true, isn't it? I mean, you know, most people really don't need to see 20 people or 18 people right. yeah. every day. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it, it can definitely be tough, you know, speaking from the, the homeowner side, because sometimes you just fall in love with something and it's really hard to almost unsee it. Like I, there was a, a point where I was shopping for, for sofas and I fell in love with a sectional and the idea of having a sectional and the dogs on the section, you know, mm. all crowded up watching movies. But at the end of the day, it just did not fit the floor plan. And so it was kind of reconciling the, the feeling versus the function, right? right, right. That, and that can be tough. Um, you know, for you, Stacy, you were mentioning earlier the architecture, and I know you do work in Palm Springs as well as Chicago. And to me, those seem like very different, um, you know, regional styles and architecture and, you know, homes and buildings, et cetera. How has it been like for you sort of navigating the both, you know, both markets and thinking about how, you know, function can inform sort of design and, and vice versa. 
Um, well, I'm not a purist yeah. and never have been. So, um, you know, I bring in some of my Chicago city vibe to Palm Springs. And I think the Palm Springs clientele really like that and appreciate yeah. that. I love mid-century modern and I definitely pepper it in to my designs and I'm on the board of the um, Palm Springs Modernism Committee. So I'm very plugged into preserving mid-century modern architecture and design, but also layering other elements and same with my Chicago clients and my background's in hospitality, actually. I, I grew up in the restaurant business, and that's what my undergraduate degree is in, restaurant management and hospitality. So it's it's not even so much about the actual geography of sure. the home. Oops, that was my little wine <laughs> cup right. that's empty. <laughs> um, but also just about layering it all sure yeah I, I lived in san diego and i you know coming from san diego to chicago there is a little bit of a of a difference in some of the you know trends and the architecture and how things are sort of like you know at least like spatial design and so i was just curious if you've seen have you seen any kind of differences in space planning trends coming you know looking at different markets like chicago versus palm springs in california or is it mostly like do you kind of just um, approach it from an, an individual perspective with each of your clients. Really an individual perspective. Yeah. And a lot of our clients have homes in more than one city and they prefer to have this melange of furnishings and and space. But it's it's really just about listening to the client again and and let the architecture of the home talk to you. But not necessarily geographically based. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's interesting, though, because we are based in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and over these many years, our clients, many, many, many have second homes, third right. homes, whatever. And so our Chicago clients usually, you know, different. I mean, I don't have two city, two different offices. So we are mm-hmm. Chicago based, but we have, you know, Aspen and we have Palm Springs and we have... Palm Beach and Naples, and I find that our clients really want those homes to look like those places. Like, yeah, interesting. You know, because of the fact that in Chicago they'll have something maybe like Johnny's Furniture, mm-hmm. but then maybe um, I'm doing something in Naples right now, and they just want the blues, and they want the you know they want the the waterway, and then you do Aspen, mm-hmm. and they're definitely a whole different uh, vibe. So I find that most of my clients want their homes to reflect more of what their vacation looks yeah. like than their regular home. Yeah. And that's probably because my, our clients are Chicago based. So many of them over many right. years. Right. So it's, it's very individual as they, as Stacy said. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like since the pandemic, you know, we're talking about second homes, but there's also a, a big shift, right. And people sure. uh, sort of migrating to different parts of the country and just moving and just shifting. Right. And so, um, do y'all find that there's more requests from from your clients to make those, whether it's a second home or they're moving to a different part of the country, to make those homes um, almost be multi-purpose homes, right? To For where sure. like they can, you can have an office, you can have a workroom, et cetera. Like what what has that been like? Yeah, 
hundred percent. I mean, the pandemic changed everything, everything for us. Yeah, yeah, for us too. In a great way, as you know, as we all know, the design business is off the charts. Who would have ever thought that a pandemic would make us busier than we've ever been? Right. No. Yeah. Whether it was whether it was city people who decided to move out to mm-hmm. Lake Forest because they wanted outdoor mm-hmm. space that they didn't have, or vacation homes where they were scared to stay in hotels, so they bought big homes for so their families can. I mean, I'm sure we've all been through that. Right. And then even redesigning spaces within the home, even our suburban clients had this big empty living room that they never Mm -hmm. used. And we just recently converted it to more of a parlor and we put in a wet bar and a nice, generous game table and, you know, made it more clubby feeling because that room was literally unused. Not used, right. Oh, and how about home offices? Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's you know, a huge explosion, and that's I'm been sure. that has really been incredible. Yeah. I mean, some people have built, uh, you know, in their back, you know, a whole nother, uh, I'm not going to call it a cabin, but a different space, because even many, many executives and many people are just working downtown two days a week, three days a week, right? And it's changed their lifestyle tremendously. So, right, and and not everybody has big, big homes. So even right. the smaller spaces, we try to give them an office so that they can be, right, you know. Have you all had any of the like interesting experiences where you have a client and they want, you know, what used to be, let's say the, the guest room turned into an office, but also maybe like a kid's playroom and it's kind of juggling the three different forms of functionality oh, with, for sure. and know. a gym, make it a gym too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's like, put 10 pounds of potatoes in a one pound yeah. sack and make it work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How, yeah. I mean, I'm curious, like even with, with a gym, because I mean, I was one of those people where. You know, it's like the guest bedroom is also now the office and I have a workout bike as well. Like, how do you how do you navigate that while making sure that, you know, you're still able to communicate a design language, like turn it into a beautiful space in essence? Well, you first of all, you buy beautiful equipment, (laughs) right? (laughs) I mean, you don't buy cheap equipment. It's got to look good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I mean, it just it's a function. It's again, you know, you're not going to not you can't say to your client, you can't do this. You know, you'll you'll make it as best you can with the space that you can provide. Yeah, and that's where having a piece of furniture that can accommodate these different functions. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, we we end up using like a Italian uh, wall unit where um, okay. you know the Italians have become masters at just yes. making the most of space. And so, right. um, with these with these wall units, we have a spot for the TV. Um, a desk can be folded down, right. and now you use it as an office space. But then it closes up, so you can hide all of your papers that you never clean. <laughs> right. And um, that TV, maybe there's a, a sliding door that just covers that up. So we can hide so many things this way, and um, and yeah, that that just makes the space feel um, clean and designed, and uh, you can still live in it. Right. It's very <laughs> European, not just mm-hmm. Italian, though. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. The Europeans really know how to save space and use it very well right. that's true i'm writing down wall unit because i will be calling you johnny <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> he's the king but putting it together you know that's so smart uh you know because if we're being honest so often what it becomes is a battle between hiding stuff versus f- like finding function that you know that makes sense for your space right, right? and so and the, the the second one is obviously the most important piece and that's where Space, good space planning comes into play. Um, are there, in, in y'all's minds, have y'all had any sort of go-to furniture pieces or go-to even just like, you know, 
sort of design practices in finding the ultimate form of, of function and design where they can both live harmoniously? It's an interesting question. I mean, I, I don't know. Every, every single, which is why I love what I do, every single day of my life is different. Every client's different. And I don't think there's any one thing I can think of. I mean, sure. I think it's just so, um, I mean, and another thing is, again, when you talk to your clients, a lot of people like to live in their bedrooms and, mm. you know, enjoy that function. And so you make it, you know, put the, put the wet bar in or whatever it is you're doing. But I, I can't, I don't know. Can you think of anything? Not one thing. Um, but as far as, you know, something that helps me define space is lighting. Sure. Mm. Because right. you can really create space within a space with lighting, whether it be lamps or mm-hmm. um, decorative overhead lighting or how you place the recessed lights in a room or how you place your track lighting, just depending on, on what you have. So lighting is very key to space mm-hmm. planning. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had, um, speaking of lighting, like, do you ever find that, you know, lighting can make a space also feel smaller? And what do you do for those situations? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you utilize natural light versus, you know, light fixtures to make a space feel bigger? Well, in one instance, people can make a mistake by putting too small of a light Mm -hmm. in too big of a room and we can play with scale and, you know, do a gorgeous giant light fixture in a small space where clients might not feel that that's possible or proportionate in addition to shutters plantation shutters always to me make a room feel quite small and closed in so we try to bring in as much natural light as possible while offering solutions that also offer privacy and Mm -hmm. room darkening and also there's the progress with lighting has been incredible in my mm-hmm. my lifetime. I mean, we do a lot of work in um, many of the major high rises in Chicago, right. and they all have concrete ceilings, and oh, so yeah. you can't add recessed lights to concrete. However, right. for two inches, you can come down an inch and a half, two inches, and have recessed cans. So that's fairly new, I believe. Um, so you definitely you can give a lot of attention to recess lights and a lot of times we also use pendant lights um, to create sort of a feeling of warmth you know two nightstands with pendant lights over oh, the right. nightstands mm-hmm. as opposed to just a lamp you know I mean there's there's ways to create um, you know sort of a, a really cool vibe as well as function right lighting is very important I mean as you get older you really care about light <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Absolutely. these lights are very complimentary to all of us I think not all lighting is and you have to be very right. careful of you know the, the LED and all the right. three thousand K and the twenty seven hundred K. Oh my god! Yeah, big deal. It's totally. a big deal. You can do a beautiful home and then put the wrong bulbs in, and it's it. the difference between hospital lighting and like exactly. home lighting. I call it refrigerator <laughs> lights. Yes, exactly, refrigerator lights. Absolutely. <laughs> Plus, you have to teach your clients. I mean, have you ever been to a dinner party at a client's home after you've spent? painfully getting this house done in two years and then you walk in and they have all the bright lights on you have to teach them how to dim what you know right i mean i don't think people really think about that the way we do we're so sensitive Mm -hmm. yeah to lighting it's so interesting how even just like thinking about you know how can lights can affect you know your the space your let's say your living room and make the ceilings feel 
right bigger right right taller um and yeah what what about uh you, you johnny like you know i'm looking around the showroom and there's a, a lot of different types of you know light fixtures and chandeliers and stuff like how do you work with you know your clients and and when you're thinking about space spatial planning and you know incorporating lighting that can make a space feel bigger i think uh in some way, just having a, a room well lit really helps um, because um, it's you're, you're going to shrink the space if it's darker. Um, that's just going to be the case. That's why it's important to bring in that natural lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, while we, we do um, have mostly pendant lights here at Altelia, um, a lot of these, but also we do um, arc, arc lights mm-hmm. where they hang over right. the sofa. Um, these kind of create the, the unique solutions that we need, especially in the city where you're, it's very difficult to put a light in the concrete. Right, right. <laughs> right, so, um, but you want to create that that setting. Um, and um, nothing kind of centers the space like a light will. Um, that's why you put a light above your dining table because that's the space you're, you're using, but also it centers it. Um, and But then also this is needed too um, in the living space um, where it there's... There's reasons for placing um, a arc light over the sofa, or you know, to to illuminate mm-hmm. that conversation space. Sure. You know, something I learned a long time ago, which is a great tip for all your listeners, and that is that just because you put recessed lights in, you should not they should not face down because you're not doing anything for your space mm-hmm. by putting lights in facing down. The lights should all have a purpose. So that when you walk into a room, you're lighting your walls, you're lighting mm-hmm. the center of your table, the coffee table. Just to put in a bunch of recessed lights and have them face down is not, it's not even atmospheric and it's not really creating the space. And that's another way to open a small space. Sure. Mm-hmm. Light your walls, pin light something on a table, then you walk in and it's atmospheric and it's also enlarging the space. If you're just lighting your wood floors, what is that doing, right? Nothing. You're just walking into it. You may as well have a big fluorescent fixture in your room. <laughs> Absolutely. So the placement of can lights or recess lights for people who don't think about it, because I, I learned this a long time ago, and I thought, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, it's. I feel like that's, that's sort of, um, you know, lighting, atmospheric lighting. Just lighting is key, basically, to, totally. to spatial planning. Um, is there, you know, in y'all's mind, is there sort of um, – a almost a universal way to start out your spatial planning do you sort of work like bottom bottom up do you work from uh like a specific furniture piece i I, i'm assuming that it's obviously based on the individual and their home right but do y'all find that there's a more more often than not a common way to kind of approach you know spatial design spatial planning Mm. well first of all you always want to know you know, are they TV watchers? Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, that kills any space, but people love to watch their TV. So that's immediately going to have, you have to have a focus on a, on a TV. So right. you know, that's important. Fireplace, you know, I think it depends on the room. And um, to me, that's sort of the beginning. Right. What is this room and where where are you heading towards putting your furniture? Because mm-hmm. I don't care if it's, you know, what the furniture is, if you have to, you can't. Oh, and the other thing is views. If you spend three million dollars mm-hmm. for a penthouse, you don't want everything to be facing the interior. You want to be looking out at the view. So I think it's. I think the space is what sort of starts your 
your brain going. Absolutely. Yeah. And how about like, you know, we're talking about um, living areas, living spaces, but what about kitchens? Because I find that kitchens sort of fulfill two functions or um, it's, it's like, a, you know, obviously the, the, the cooking function, but also a gathering space, right? So it's almost like kitchens are, have become, if they haven't already, almost like a living room of sorts where For people sure. gather and, and hang out. It almost becomes the, the main part of a home. The heart of the home, for sure. We, yeah. we do a lot of moving kitchens from, you know, one side of the home to the center of the home right. and opening up some walls where we can and bringing in structural engineers to open up some walls to allow people to gather, you know, gather in that space. For sure. And doing a lot of living room type seating and loungy seating in a kitchen as well. Yeah. Do y'all, what are some uh, sort of common mistakes for, um, you know, kitchen planning, sort of things to, to avoid when you're thinking about designing a kitchen? One of the things I always like to note for people is if you have a big, long island, you know, the typical person, the typical everyday uh, kitchen uh, not not kitchen planner, but somebody who lives. They always line up the chair, you know, line up sure. the stools, and I find that awful because if you're sitting with your family or your friends, no one can really converse. So it's better to um, create like a, an L where you know two people are on one side and two are on the other, even if it's just two, even if it's just a couple, because right. you can have a conversation. I don't think people think about it. when I mention it to people. They're oh, that you know what that is a good idea. It, it to me, it's so essential because. Why would you want to line up, you know, even if it's families with kids or husbands and wives or, you know, I, so that's one thing I find that people right. just don't think about is the island. The island is the heart of the kitchen, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it should be handled that way anyway. Uh, one, one mistake I've, I've uh, seen is uh, double islands. I, I don't, I can't wrap my hand around this idea, <laughs> um, why why that is needed or exists in, in any way. Sure. <laughs> Two islands. Yeah. yeah, I would tend to agree. Yeah, it seems like a, a huge misuse of, of space, right? And then going back to what, what you were saying, Janet, it's you have to be able to have a conversation with the people that are, are there that sh- are sharing in that moment, right? So it kind Absolutely. of kind of disconnects you, right? So yeah, I totally agree. Have you had any um, any moment, Stacy, where you have a client that requests the double island? No, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I have good. one right now, and I'm really? not going <laughs> oh, to tell them about this podcast. Oh, I actually went online and looked at a million pictures of double islands, trying to figure out. Yeah, you know, can they do like more of an L or like a <laughs> no, little high no. and a it's little low? Two giant ones, and I. Wow, it's there's such a big space. Yeah. And they have a huge family and I just don't get it anyway, I, you know, but I'm going to do it. It's going to look good. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to look great. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping, well, I convinced them not to put another sink in the second island. They want to do a little extra sink. And I said, just leave it plain, you know, yeah. like an extra yeah. dining table or something. I don't Absolutely. know what I'm going to do. I don't know. And what are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to do marble or are you going to do what kind of material? That's always a good question because yeah. everybody <laughs> loves the yeah. the things that are not marble these days for yeah. you know use. Um, yeah. Um, I don't. I would probably never have it in my own home because sure. I have real marble. I have the worst kind to yeah. stain, but you know white uh, Calvera. But anyway, um, I think don't you find that your clients either get it or they don't? Yes. You know, 
they either like the etching and like the the it's like lived in the right? patina that yeah. real marble offers, or they don't want any maintenance at all. But then there's some gorgeous natural stones that are quite durable. And all as well. the high end condos, every high end builder, they're all using quartz. Yeah, they're all using yeah. it and porcelain. Mm-hmm. This is porcelain. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I, I use it a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, me it, too. I use it all. Uh, it I just mean, depends. On it depends, right? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen the. We're going off topic, but I'm loving this. This table like, is incredible. Yeah, it really it is. is. It's gorgeous. We're we're sitting on. It's porcelain, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Ceramic. Porcelain. Magnificent. Yeah. Or ceramic too, right? A mm-hmm. Beautiful table here at Altalia that just like you could see the the details of veining. It's it's beautiful. The coloration. Plus, you know what you're getting. Yeah. You know, to go find slabs. Right. Of course, you have to tape them off. That's another thing people right. should always know. If you're doing marble, go to the, take the extra time, tape it so you know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are like photographs, so you know right. what you're going to get. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always interesting because when you look, some, some materials like marble, obviously you see the etching and it's like, it's almost like um, it's the people that love the experience of cooking, right? Mm-hmm. That Good. want their marble to age with their home. Right. Versus easy maintenance, I just want to be done and out. Which there's no wrong, right or wrong answer, but it's totally different, right. you know, totally. different ways in. Just like the type of sofa that you get, right? Nice. The size, like, what is it? How does it function in your home? It's so interesting. But going back to what you said, Janet, there is not one right answer. No. There are so many right. good options and ways of putting together this piece of living art it's like a collage it's like a puzzle and you know we don't just start in in design and interior design we don't necessarily always start with the border sometimes we start in the middle and we put those jiggly pieces and Mm -hmm. curvy pieces together and then we work to the border and sometimes we work from the outside in and it's really about finding those pieces that relate to one another and the materials and the lighting and the textiles and the furniture and and what the draws the client in and 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 makes their heart feel good and you know people are investing a lot of money in their furnishings and in their spaces whether it's a workspace or their primary dwelling or their secondary dwelling and it's Space planning is so much more than just that furniture plan, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, well, I'll tell you this, though. An experienced designer will be able to read their client well enough to know if they will be happy with the porcelain or the marble. Or they will sure. ask all the right questions. Because right. at the end of the day, um, it's really, really important that you really, really know your client and uh, understand them. So you have to ask a lot of questions because we have so many choices in this business and particularly these days. I mean, the the porcelain ceramic market has only been recent years. It's so hot right now, but you really have to explain if it's, you know, they're very thin. So if you you have to miter, which means, you know, the mitering, I mean, and that could chip or maybe not. I mean, you've got to go through, I do anyway, I go through every possible explanation (laughs) so that they answer to me. I said, well, can you handle this? Can, you know, you really have to be a good experienced designer to be able to read your client and give them what they want. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And since we're in this p- kitchen area, part of the home, 
um, I, I feel like I've seen more and more banquettes being put into homes. Like it's kind of a thing maybe. And, you know, that's obviously takes a, a good chunk of space. No, banquettes are space savers. Are they? Because, in a, in a, like, we're sitting at a table now, so mm-hmm. chairs have to go all the way around. A banquette sure. could go against a wall. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. So the table comes closer to the wall. So oh, it creates okay. more space. Mm-hmm. See, that's so interesting because in my mind, I always saw it as taking real estate from the wall out. But I could see how that no, makes sense. because you're squishing it in. So, you know, you're giving more space to... Yeah. Because, you know, a banquette, the table comes all the Pushes, way over here. Yeah. As opposed to leaving three feet, let's say, all the way around. Yeah. That's probably why it's such a hot thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've definitely seen a lot more, like, in, you know, different publications. People are just putting banquettes everywhere. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Okay. Um, have y'all had any instance where a client was very adamant about including a very specific furniture piece and it didn't fit with this with the you know space planning with the design like how did you navigate that conversation how and better yet how did you make it work you mean like a family heirloom piece or just yeah it could be anything like- i mean to give you an idea um i have these cloud chairs that take just a big chunk of space that in you know when we were sort of designing out our, our living area you know is it, it, they're big they're chunky they're big that big footprint um, and we had to go for a, instead of a sectional for a sofa, just to give it more space. Right. It was sort of a compromise that, uh, was challenging because of the love for these two, two chairs while still trying to make it functional for, for the space. So I'm just curious, have y'all had any, um, moment or instance where you have a family heirloom piece or just a love for, you know, a specific, I don't know, furniture piece and you had to make it work. Sure. You can always reupholster. You can always paint. You can always refinish. Um, If we're talking about scale and size, that's tricky. (laughs) Well, and and you know what? I would. My answer would be: you have to make it work. Yeah, you do. Because I'm never. I'm not. I mean, some designers would do. I'm just not that design. I would say if it's something you have had and and you have, you know, grandmother's before. I mean, if it's got meaning. I'm not going to be the one to say they can't use it. Maybe I'd find another location for them mm-hmm. in the house or somewhere. But, I mean, you've got to be honest so you don't right. ruin the room. But you answered your own question just now. I mean, you, you kept your cloud, yet you worked around it. But you probably still love your cloud so much. I do. So, you know, that's a love affair with furniture, which is what we all have as right. designers. I mean, there's certain pieces that, you know, I, I just, every day I look at them and I love them. But I would never tell somebody they can't have something they tell me they want to have. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I'll never let that go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It'll follow me forever. Um, and what about you, Johnny? You know, when you're working with designers and, and clients, you know, there's such a wide array of furniture pieces here. Like, do you ever find, um, you know, clients that sort of have a, a thing in mind that they're, they, they see that they just absolutely love? Are y'all able to, you know, adjust some furniture pieces or, mm-hmm. you know, like, make custom pieces or even source different sizes? Like, how does that work for y'all? Right. So our pieces are uh, sourced from Italy with uh, a lot of customization options. Um, They have standardized, like, different widths for each piece. And so a lot of times that's enough uh, pieces, you know, like 40-something different SKUs for one product. And then we can build a sectional or a sofa that fits that space. But sometimes there's just some 
wall that's awkward or they want to fit that extra side table in. Mm -hmm. And then what, we, about, <laughs> what about two days ago when I was here with a client? Yeah. They love this cat, this beautiful cabinet. Mm -hmm. They want to have it as a desk. They want to have a bookcase, everything else. So we walked, sat over at Johnny's desk he, on his TV screen. He took this piece. He had my, my dimensions. Mm -hmm. And right in front of our client's eyes, we shortened it, we narrowed it, yep. we made a desk, we made a place. I mean, he's brilliant, Johnny, is doing this. Yeah. But the tools that he uses are also brilliant because mm -hmm. people can see. Right. I mean, they walked out and that's it. Perfect. Right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Seeing it in a, a 3D element like that, you know, it's in the, the program does it in scale. It's 3D. And so that sofa that they're like convinced it needs to be 14 feet, once they see it in their, <laughs> right. you know, 16 foot room in scale, they're like, oh, wait, <laughs> yeah, that's right. a little big, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that, that helps uh, lead the conversation. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and then, yeah, we can customize it that if it needs another six inches off. Okay, right. Sure. Right. They, they'll do it. I but, think that's yeah. where like technology can, can really help when you can see it. So you sort of take the, the right. numbers because I, I think when, you know, when you go and you do a site measure or whatever, like it's just numbers. It's not until a client can see it kind of, even if it's just like a, a rough, you know, rendering or a sketch up or whatever, like it's like, oh yeah, you're right. This is too giant for this, <laughs> for this space or, or it's too small too. Like there's those, those moments. Yeah. Right. Um, so going back to what we were chatting about earlier and some of the suggestions that y'all had, um, what are other just tips and tricks people can keep in mind when they're, you know, designing out their space or thinking about furniture pieces or, you know, finding multi-purpose um, uses for spaces? What are just some some great tips and tricks y'all would suggest? Well, the the very first tip I would recommend, whether you're with it, working with a designer, doing it on your own, helping your kids, is to make sure that whatever you select will fit into your particular space i don't mean fit in the space but fit getting into the space for right. example will it make it around the stairways will it make it around the soffits um it, you know in the door sometimes yeah. things are so big they won't fit in a door you have to take the door off maybe it won't fit <laughs> even if you take the door off so i think you really have to make sure that you um you know get some really good advice uh don't just measure it yourself right. but uh, for sure make sure you know, be cognizant of the fact that what you love might not make it up your stairway into your... Right, or through the door, like or, you said. Or through the door. <laughs> yeah. And how about you, Stacy? Like, what are some other I think tips? you can play with scale, you know, where some people might feel, I have all this wall space and I need to cover it all with different art or different different shelves but negative space is so important too. Sometimes having nothing on the wall or a small piece of art on a big wall or a large scale wall covering print in a tiny room right. works or a tiny powder room and you paint it a really deep, rich hue can be very sexy right. and dramatic. So have fun with it, play with it and... Scale, it's all scale. about scale. And balancing it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that I think was mentioned earlier was um, focal points, right? So the uh -huh. most common one everybody knows in the living room space is a fireplace or where you put your TV, which right. is why so many TVs are above fireplaces because <laughs> right. it's like a cheat. Okay, right. we get to 
right. double on the, the focal point. But there's other focal points in the space. For example, you have a bay window. You can, right. you can use that as a focal point or a view. You can make sure that the furniture is oriented that way. There's um, other natural things. Look at the architecture. Um, right. is there are two windows that are really symmetrical. Okay, let me, let me make sure I don't ignore that. Let me, <laughs> you know, I put the sofa centered on that space or I put the bed centered in that, in that space. Right. Um, these will help you um, right away, just visually, just getting those, looking for those cues. Where's, where's my eye drawn right away when I come in the room? Or what, you know, where do I want it to be drawn to? Right. Um, to help you start the space plan. Yeah, absolutely. And how about like, you know, when, you, when we talk about like multi-purpose rooms, like in furniture pieces, like what would be maybe even some, some advice there, like in creating, like using, maximizing the space and, you know, turning a, an office into also, you know, whatever it is, how to use furniture. How do you even consider up furniture pieces? Yeah, besides the the obvious, like I'm just gonna bring a blanket to my sofa and snuggle up real quick here <laughs> yeah, and, right. and sleep for the night. But there's some there's some opportunities where you have a piece of furniture that offers those functions. We have um, one thing I was really um, impressed is uh, there's coffee tables that will transform into a full size table. Right. Um, yeah. That's a very unique need and function. So. Um, you know, you live in a small condo, you don't, you don't have room for, uh, you know, 75, 79 inch table. Right. It's impossible. And you won't want that every day. Um, so this offers that possibility when you do have that entertaining, um, event, um, to, to pull that up, transform that table. And now that space is being used as a, as a, um, dining. Um, and also this thinking about like, um, if you need to have that kind of function, purchasing pieces that you are okay moving around, um, even something as simple as like, if you need to put glides under your sofa, right? Um, just because the space sure. is just multi-functioned and you know, move furniture around, that's okay. It's, it's fine to do that and- um, Well, and also there's room yeah. dividers. I mean, you've got some yeah. here that are great. You can do some really cool open, bookcase type things that can look two ways, you know, right. and you can move them around for mm -hmm. different functions right. as long, you know, everything does not have to be a built in. Right. Yeah. So if you find some interesting ways of dividing space, um, you know, with open pieces or maybe not open, maybe panels. Right. Um, but another thing I wanted to say as a tip is that people, and it goes back kind of what Stacy was saying about a big piece, a big art is, um, the most expensive part and the biggest commitment people make is the surround. I always call it the shell. It's, mm -hmm. you know, the, the flooring, mm -hmm. which you don't want to change. Right. Um, you know, it, it, that's the most expensive when you put in big tiles, tiles and things. So don't be afraid of small space, big tiles. It's going to make everything look larger. Mm. Bigger. And today yeah. things come in 36 by 36 or 48 by 24. Giant tiles, yeah. Oh. So my suggestion is to use the biggest. Uh, and most people will say to me, oh, well, that's too big for my room. Well, it isn't. First of all, it's less grout lines. Right. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's a much, yeah. I mean, we'd all live with all slabs if we could because then there's no grout mm -hmm. anywhere. Yeah. So don't be afraid to... Um, use large-scale items in small spaces. Right. I guess that would be my tip. Mm -hmm. Whether it's art, whether it's tile. Right. Whatever. And how about bathrooms? I, I think that's one part of the of the home that we kind of skipped over. You know, what are some some pieces of advice that is when it comes to space playing for, for bathrooms and washrooms? 
Well, I love, you know, I, I do a lot of contemporary work. So I love anything that makes it, you know, feel really um, luscious and big and floaty. And, you know, so I love doing um, vanities that float off the floor. I'm a big, big, big yeah. drawer person. I think the cabinets are awful because you have to bend down every time. And this is for kitchens and bathrooms. I almost never do cabinetry under sinks. I okay. always do drawer pullouts. Yeah. Because they, you know, they cut around the plumbing and you can put things right. in them. So um, I think the vanities are important. I think also um, how you place mirrors. Some yeah. people want a whole wall and then you can do built in medicine cabinets. Others do beautiful decorative with sconces. So, right. you know, again, you want to know your client and their function. But if yeah. there's no room for medicine cabinets, then you have to do a wall of medicine, right. you know, if not, I mean, it's all function again. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes they, like those sconces can add some of that lighting that just creates like really cool movement. And just, oh, yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. It makes the space look bigger. Mm -hmm. Right. And we spend a lot of time in our bathrooms. You know, we get ready there every day. Right. And, you know, what is that little splurge you can do there that makes it feel a little bit of a retreat and special and whether it's you know a beautiful led lit mirror with warm dim that makes you look 10 years younger all the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or yeah. that's you know soaking tub that you can just relax in yeah absolutely well there you have it Lighting is absolutely key, functionality and purpose and scale, all incredibly important when we're talking about space planning. So I wanna thank uh, Janet Schiff, principal designer at Blutter Schiff Design, Johnny Bricardo, sales and design consultant at Altalia Furniture, and Stacy Munich, principal and lead designer at Stacy Munich Interiors. Thanks so much for uh, being on the podcast and um, I'd love for you to tell our listeners how they can connect with you on socials and, and follow your incredible work. Well, I can start because it's very easy. Uh, the best way to reach us is on our website, which is bluttershift.com. Maybe you'll um, get something else from that, but I don't know. But it's just our name, bluttershift.com. Awesome. For uh, Altalia Furniture, it's altaliafurniture.com. Uh, you'll see a large selection. Actually, we have um, most a lot of our furniture on that website, and you'll even get an estimate on pricing based on selections made there. So it's a great tool for uh, designers, consumers alike. Awesome. And how about you, Stacy? And you can follow along with us as we kind of travel and work on projects around the country at Stacy Munich Interiors on Instagram, and that's Stacy with an I or stacymunichinteriors.com on our website. Awesome. Thanks again, and this has been Design District. Design District is brought to you by J.C. Licht. With a heritage of 115 years of making it happen, J.C. Licht is your one-stop shop to turn your house into a dream home, delivering the ultimate decorating experience with the world's highest quality paints from Benjamin Moore Pharaoh and Ball, and fine paints of Europe, just to name a few. Bring new life to your home with custom home decor, wallpaper, window treatments, and more, all under one roof. Visit one of J.C. Lick's 19 design centers, which features the largest selection of wallpaper, paint, and decor throughout the Chicagoland area. J.C. Licht, where designers go to make it happen.